Blog Talk Radio. edition of Don't Let It Go Unheard, and that was our old intro music that interrupted me without uh, my planning or knowledge. I thought I had turned that off. Anyway, this is Amy Peekoff, and Don't Let It Go Unheard, which you're listening to now, maybe some of you for the first time, is the show where we discuss news, politics, and sometimes culture, like this evening, from the perspective of Ayn Rand's philosophy, the philosophy that upholds the right to the pursuit of your own happiness. If you go over to my blog at don'tletitgo.com, you can check out the program notes for today's show. That means links to all the stories and all kinds of other things that we plan to discuss. As you can see, if you go over there, the title of today's show is The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, and I add to that, and Comic-Con. Now, there are probably good, bad, and ugly things at Comic-Con, but my intention was just to add Comic-Con on to that list. There is one story that was the inspiration for today's title, and it's a story that is so ugly that I'm not even sure if I'm going to be able to talk about it. But it, there is a link to it over at my blog, so if I can't talk about it because I just can't bring myself to do it, you can read about it over there at the blog. If you would like to discuss any of the stories that we have planned for this evening, 760. 760- 888-5817 is the number. Again, that's 760-888-5817. And cartoonist Bosch Faustin is due to join me here sometime pretty soon. Let's see who we have over here in the chat room, given that this is a new time for the show, a very different time. We have Stuart. I see Stuart. I've seen Levi before. Nielsen, good to see you over there. Craig is there. I don't see Craig too often. Welcome, Craig. This might be at a time that's better for you. I don't know how I'm going to do on an evening show in general. Today we did it because of Comic-Con. A lot of people saying hi. Thanks for uh, joining me at this uh, at this different time. I would like to, maybe if possible, try doing an evening show. I wake up so early in the morning, though, that I'm not sure if this is something I can do on a regular basis and give you guys quality shows. Oops, I just dropped my laptop. See, this is it. I didn't drop it too far. It's still fine. But this is the sort of thing that I'm worried about if I do an evening show. It's like, how awake will I be? But in any event, go over to my blog at don'tletitgo.com. And maybe what I'm going to do while we are actually waiting for Bosch Faustin to join us is tell you that he actually did a little on-location interview today at Comic-Con. Some of you may have heard of Batten Lash. Batten is the longtime creator of Supernatural Law comic book. Oh, yeah, here's Bosch. Hello. Hello, everyone. How you doing? Okay. I got to put on headphones. You don't have headphones. You have anything to drink. You're going to need some water, I'm That's afraid. Yeah, 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 yeah. You might get a little thirsty. Yeah. The microphone looks a little bit out of whack in terms of its position. <laughs> I already dropped my laptop, so <laughs> I don't know how we're going to do on this evening thing, Bosch. I don't know. I've never but you've done you've done yours. You've done your. Uh, I 
yeah. What, what do you call I, them? Uh, things that make my blood boil. Yes. Like my podcast. Yes. Very random podcast when I'm really pissed off. <laughs> and uh, I haven't been pissed off. In, well, I haven't been pissed off. But it's just haven't had, the, haven't had a show about it. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Every day I, I read the news, I get pissed off. But, um, yeah, Batten is uh, he's an excellent cartoonist. He's been doing his uh, series. Uh, it was uh, Counselors of the Macabre for a number of years. Jeff Burden and um, Alana Wolf, those they're lawyers, and uh, Alana, Alana is actually the lead. She hires uh, Jeff because uh, I listened to Batten's. Um, it was a, it was a spotlight on Batten last today at Comic Con, and he was talking about his whole career. And it was great. It was really he told a, he told a really good story, and it happens to be true his life and how he how how he started and funny stuff. I mean, he's, he's a very funny guy. Now, in this interview, you're talking more specifically about his most recent work, right? right? Because I think uh, this is his most, I guess, current and it's his most mature creation. I mean, because this is something that he just created in the last few years, whereas uh, Supernatural Law he created over 35 years ago. I think 35 years ago, 1979. He's been doing that into it. He he started as a comic strip, and then it went to a comic book, and then uh, basically he, he collected them. Now he's doing... A, a digital series that he collects in the book form. Uh, I think he, I think he releases one a year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's been is, doing is, one uh, per year, lot. and he's had three successful yeah. Kickstarters, which I think is excellent. It's just witty, entertaining as hell, and it's very, it's very benevolent. It's uh, it deals with lawyers who defend creatures, monsters, and they're not really, you know, I think bad system like they more or less hurt themselves. I think more than they do others. I think that's how I put it. If not, sorry, Batten. But um, the tagline is, uh, beware the creatures of the night, dot, dot, dot. They have lawyers, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the Supernatural Law Series. That's but that law. is the one that's been going on for, for 30 plus years. years. Yeah, right. And he's still the same character. I mean, it's, uh, that's, I mean, people have done that, but wow. You mean he didn't, like, transgender them or make them different races? Yeah, or... he's done it throughout the whole run. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. They switched uh, sexes. You know, she turned to a guy, he turned to a girl, and, you know, and they killed each other. Uh, <laughs> something gay and gun control issues. They something. switch consciousness in their bodies, right? right? Yeah. And, you know, they jump the shark. No, they've done He's none of that crap. Yeah. Uh, they're, uh, you know, healthy, uh, honest lawyers <laughs> uh, defending creatures of the night. I mean, it's, it's a hilarious setup. And there was one particular jumped out of me. I, I think first time I, I read one, it was a, a demon who gets possessed by a human. You know, that's, that's the kind of uh, humor that Batten does. And it's just, it's really fun, fun stuff. And his, his current one is, um, first man of first gentleman, the, first gentleman, I'm sorry, first gentleman of the apocalypse. And he explains it in his, in his clip that I have today. Cause I was at his booth, his, his famous booth. Now everyone talks about it. It's like the corners, more or less the meetup of uh, everyone at Comic-Con. It's a great area to have a booth at. I've had two booths at, at Comic Con, you know, ten years ago when I, when I had my first graphic novel, and it's fun to do. I just haven't had, you know, I don't like to get an address of late, especially with, with, with my current work. I don't want people right. to know where they can kill me. You know what I mean? I don't want, you know, what I mean, I don't want to give them. I don't want to help the would be my would be murderers. Because and, of my because of my anti-jihad work, if you're not aware. And and yet you took a tremendous risk today to go <laughs> ahead and get an interview for us yes. on location yes. at Comic Con. Yes, it was, and also 
I, uh, I, I went to the DC area, you know, DC Warner Bros. Mad Magazine. They had mm-hmm. these two posters that they had online in Mad Magazine, really mocking, hard, you know, mocking of uh, Hillary Clinton and kind of Barack merciless Obama. mocking, yeah. yeah. And they, they not just had them online, but they actually displayed them. Right next to Batman, right next to Alfred, Alfred Newman. It's, you know it's what we really, should do? We should we good. should modify the program notes over at don'tletitgo.com and add in yes. that photo Both, yeah. under the good section, yeah. right? Because I've got the good and the bad and the ugly. That is not very profound, but you, the reason yeah. I did it, again, is one of no, the stories good. that we'll talk about later tonight, but you'll hear it. Anyway, let me go ahead and play this interview. Yeah. I feel so important. I feel, you know, we've got an on-location reporter. And the sound, I think, came out pretty good. So let's see what everyone thinks here. I'm going to go ahead and play it, Bosch. Hello, everyone. This is Bosch Faustin. I'm at uh, Comic-Con in San Diego. And I'm standing here with Batlash, cartoonist Batlash of uh, Supernatural Law. And uh, I'm going to bring it over to him uh, now. I just want to tell you, I first met uh, Batten in, in 2004. Well, actually, no, I, I first saw him in 2004. He was, he was on a panel, and he was talking. He was saying some things I found very interesting. And he had like a semi-English, British accent. Uh, I don't know. I was like, where's the guy from? So I, I, I went home. I searched his name, and I searched Ayn Rand, because I always do the people I, I find interesting. And lo and behold, he has a drawing of Dagny Taggart online. So then uh, I think the next convention, it was probably in New York. I met him, and we hit it off, and we became friends. And uh, he's a great cartoonist. He does incredibly entertaining work. And he basically gets his ideas in there a little more elegantly than I would. I basically bash people over the head with it. And he has a new series right now. It's the uh, First Gentleman of the Apocalypse. And it's something that is, uh, I think, geared more towards our, listener, our listenership, even though you would enjoy uh, Supernatural Law. So here's Batten. I just want him to, to say some words about that. Thanks, Bosch. And, uh, and he's a listener to our show. Yes, yes. I'm a big fan of Amy and Bosch's podcast. Uh, yeah, my new strip is uh, The First Gentleman of the Apocalypse, which I guess uh, the, the high concept uh, pitch line would be uh, Mad Max meets GQ. And the tagline for First Gentleman is looking for a little class in a world shot to hell. Uh, it takes place... Uh, in the not-too-distant future where a, a world-changing incident had uh, governments around the world take advantage of, uh, of, of, of taking complete control over things. So everything is over-regulated, and, and, and there's red tape for everything. And the, but there's a few renegades, uh, and, and I use that term loosely because they're not criminals, but they fly under the radar. And our first gentleman, whose name is Madison Dane, he, he's a, he's a, he barters. That's how he makes his living. And he travels the country for his, travels the country with his real mission, which is he's looking for a woman named Anna Marie. And when you read the series, that will unfold. But he has his own personal valet, Mr. Abraham, and they both travel the country in a double-decker bus where he keeps his uh, clothes and his accessories, and there's even a Vesper in the back. Uh, bartering is not illegal in this future society, but it's frowned upon. Um, uh, he, he runs afoul of the bureaucracy, but he, he's totally unflappable. Uh, 
you would it appears on Aces Weekly, which is David Lloyd's uh, comics anthology on the web. Uh, David Lloyd, you might be familiar with, he co-created V for Vendetta, and he has used his uh, income from that to to uh, create this anthology. And he was nice enough to invite me to come in and create something for him. And the first gentleman was something. Um, I've been, it's, it's been uh, percolating for a while. Uh, you might think at first glance it is a, uh, um, a slam against the Obama years, but it really, I began coming up with this during uh, George Bush's first term. Uh, so, you know, I, I felt the, the red tape and regulations uh, and uh, just, just how uh, everyday life was being hampered uh, what's happening even back then has only gotten worse now. And in fact, it, it's, as I'm plotting the series, uh, I can't keep up with the news because I'll read things like uh, a mother arrested for letting her, her, her child play in the park unsupervised or, or a kid being expelled from school because uh, he, he, he chewed a Pop-Tart in the shape of a gun. Or, or worse, another kid expelled for just using the finger pointing, playing bang bang, finger, uh, trigger. finger trigger. I mean, it's ridiculous what's happening. And I'm, I try to put this into uh, the first gentleman, and, and it remains sort of—I uh, uh, don't know if you call it lighthearted. He's, like I said, Madison Dane is very unflappable in a very humorless world. And so, sorry, you need a character like that in that world. He, he's necessary. <laughs> he's necessary, yeah. And, and he, he's very well-dressed. And it, this ties into a couple of passions of mine, which is uh, hatred of red tape and a love of haberdashery. So uh, I'm having fun doing it. And uh, it's, it's a long process because uh, I'm still working on my other strip, which is Supernatural Law, which takes up a lot of my time. Uh, so... I'm doing the first gentleman installments. I'm about to begin the fourth installment. So if you're so inclined, check out Aces Weekly. There might be a free sample of it up there. Or you can just go to my website at uh, exhibitapress.com, and there'll be more information there. So until, uh, un- until the red tape strangles us, we'll, we'll have uh, Madison Dane to uh, entertain us. Excellent. Thanks a lot, Batten. That was really great. Uh, Batten sometimes goes into the chat room as well, and he and he has called into the show before. So this is you know this is Comic Con, uh, Bosch Falls at Comic Con, and I guess I'll see you guys uh, tonight on the show live. Take care. So um, so Bosch, I guess you have powers of foreshadowing because you said I guess I'll see you tonight right. on the show. <laughs> Nielsen in the chat room over here at Blog Talk Radio says, only Batten could work in the word haberdashery into a sentence about comics. Only Batten could work actual haberdashery, not just the word haberdashery, into his life at a comic book convention. I don't know if you've gone over, if you go to my Facebook page, and I think I also have the picture up on my Twitter. If you go to follow Amy Peekoff on Twitter or go and get me on Facebook, you will see the picture of me and Bosch and Batten. And Batten is always well-dressed. Always. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess maybe sometimes he's not, because I think he, he rides a bike sometimes. Right. 
I could not imagine that he rides a bike in a suit. I think we tux when he rides a bike. Oh, my God. But he is. And Nielsen says, too true, the best-dressed man in comics. Do you know of anyone who's better dressed than Batten in comics? Well, me. But no. No? no. Oh, okay. Sorry. I guess not. Uh, I don't know. I mean, everyone wears T-shirts, you know? So, no. No. Everyone's always wearing their T-shirts and stuff. And sometimes... Dennis Kitchen uh, dresses well. Okay. He always has a sports jacket and sometimes it's like a suit and yeah. Okay. So maybe they're kind of birds of a feather? <laughs> maybe. Maybe they are. Maybe they are. Anyway, so thank you, Bosch, for doing that little report. And as I said, fun. I mean, if you would say, okay, other things at Comic-Con, if you would just wanted to quickly run down, what was the good, the bad, the ugly that you've seen there? Well, I mean, know? I was trying to find something to get and uh, I, I searched and searched. I really, I really didn't find anything. Other they were way hiked up in price. You got these soft cover paperbacks for forty bucks. It doesn't make sense to me. It really doesn't. I mean, uh, usually they're only twenty bucks, twenty five tops. I think they they hiked the prices. Um, the good things was seeing the um, Batman, all the Batman on film suits, from Michael Keaton up until Christian Bale. They were all displayed. The cowls, uh, they were under glass, and then they also have the the new Batman suit that. Uh, I'll say his name correctly. Ben Affleck will wear for uh, Batman vs Superman. I was call such a concession for you to say his name correctly. Well, I was gonna say Ben Affleck, but I won't. You know, I'll I'll treat him with a little respect for now. No, but uh, it looks great. It's, it looks like Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns um, cow brought to life. The short ears, um, the, the the little wrinkles near the eyes, near the the brow. And uh, Affleck, you know, if not anything else, he has a nice big square jaw and a chin that juts out. So he really looks like the comic book Batman, at least physically, even though his voice, I, I, I hope they do something with his voice. He has a very weak voice. He's a big guy. He's like 6'3 or 6'4, but he has a very weak voice. So maybe he'll go to a voice coach. And... Or maybe they'll do something in post, post-production. post I, I really hope so. They have to enhance it. It doesn't have to roar the way uh, Bill did, but he has to has a sound a little scary like Batman ought to sound right right so are you ready to dive in no I want to talk about Comic Con <laughs> I just started it's just great being there uh, I, I used to go there for the full you know weekend plus the preview nights and go there and get together with all the cartoons at the end of the night and I find the weekend really difficult because of the size of the crowd oh it's it's, it's do, do the crowds bother you at all Today a little, I gotta say. Okay. Today it did a little. Yesterday not so much. I, I was so happy to be there. Today a little. I couldn't get around certain areas, and it's just overwhelming at times. But uh, it's a it's a great place to be. It's it's and you know what? It's really flat out. It's a marketplace for comic books, for art. You know, artists are selling their work for a lot of money because they put a lot of work into it. Some of them are really good. Art Adams was there. He's a cartoonist. He's been working for Marvel, DC for the last thirty years. Great stuff. He had like a five foot poster of all the superheroes of Marvel. It was pretty incredible. So detailed. He's one of those really good detail artists because sometimes a lot of artists who are detailed, they're just they're covering up all their flaws. This guy's good at what he does. So you would recommend any fan go? No doubt about it. Okay. No, it's, it's just fantastic stuff. Art Adams. He's in the artist's alley. And I also got to meet uh, Chuck Dixon in person for the first time. I'm friends with him on Facebook. We interact and stuff and he's... Uh, He's one of those who's open. He's on the right. In the comics, he uh, adapted The Forgotten Man that Paul 
I think they pronounce it Kapol- Revoche. Uh, Revoche, uh Drew. And uh, it, it, it's about the uh, depression we mentioned on the show before. Black and white graphic novel about the depression, and it's, it, it's a bestseller. I, I, mean, said, I said a lot about the quality of, of the book. So we'll, we'll put that under the good as well? Yeah. Okay. So... Look, you want to zoom yeah, on? Yeah. Let's zoom on. We've got we've got a bunch of stories, and actually today I plan on really going only about an hour and a half. But as you notice, we are not doing our little commercial break things. We are just going to go straight through. So again, if you want to talk about anything we've got planned, go to the program notes, check them out. Don't let it go. dot com. All the different stories that we're going to go through, and it's pretty quick because it's a it's a long list. And you can call us seven six zero eight 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 five eight one seven if you want to discuss any of them just to get us warmed up under the good section. I'm go I'm doing it in order, good, bad and ugly. We'll have to probably come back and review the good at the end so that we don't just vomit before we go to sleep or something. But first one, just a little warm up. Gallup daily. Obama's job approval is down. Thirty nine percent job approval rating according to Gallup, which is what this I mean, it's still too high, in my opinion, but he deserves a low approval rating given all of the garbage that he is doing and not doing lately. I think think the jig's up. I think people realize this guy is, he's not here to do any good. I mean, he's not. And even those who who used to support him, they feel the same way. A lot of them, at least. Uh, Second good thing on the good list, and I'm really looking forward to playing this for you. Did you get a chance, actually, to listen to this yet, Bosch? No, no. Okay. I heard about it. So, you know, you sent me the next one that we'll talk about in a second, which is the Bill Maher. But then I saw a link to this today. And, you know, I don't know. Joan Rivers is just coming out there and saying whatever she thinks lately. Yeah. There was that. Oh, gosh, I'm sorry. We've got some ad that's coming into my vision it's over a here. B- ad. Yeah, it's a, it's a b- ad. Okay, I like that. <laughs> I hate these little pop-up ads. And you don't do anything, and then suddenly there's a video playing on your, your face, yeah, yeah. on your computer. But in any event, um, she said something about, oh, my God, this is really annoying. Uh, Obama is gay, but that's okay or yeah. something, right? and that uh, uh, Michelle Obama was, used to be men. I think she said that. <laughs> that's terrible. But and this, uh, someone complains, she goes, get over it. This is not even, it's not funny. It's just straight TMZ comes up to her and asks her, hey, you know, we're asking all these celebrities about Israel and, quote, Palestine. Mm-hmm. What do you think about it? And here's Joan Rivers. Let's see if it'll play. <clears throat> oh, no, we get an ad. This is terrible. Sorry, I will save you from this. <laughs> it's uh, a couple of guys. This ad, The ad's actually kind of funny. It says, okay, you guys in... United States or Western countries or whatever, you multitask. You do all these things at one time. How about just doing one thing at a time and uh, relax everything? It's a Hawaiian beer. I'm not surprised that it comes from Hawaii that they believe in relaxing over there. Okay, here we go. I think we're going to get the Joan Rivers clip. All right, so I'm trying to get celebrity reactions to what's going on with the Palestinians and Israelis right now. Let me just tell you, if New Jersey were firing rockets into New York, we would wipe them out. I am so bored. We heard they were digging tunnels from New Jersey to New York. We would get rid of Jersey. So I don't want to hear anymore. Oh, we'll do a partial truth. Palestinians, you cannot throw rockets and expect people not to defend themselves. What about the civilian casualty rate? Then don't put your goddamn things in private homes. I'm Excellent. sorry. Don't don't you dare put weapon stashes 
in, in, in private homes, and then we or take schools it out. or churches okay. or mosques or yeah. Do no churches, but yeah. The response normally is where the, where are the civilians supposed to go? I don't care. They started it. It is Excellent. you're all insane. They started it. What are you all saying? They started. The Israelis did not throw their but for months this has been going on. Years. What are you supposed to do? How do you resolve How do I know? Because I have been over Centuries. there. That's how I know. And I Centuries. wish the world would know. And BBC should be ashamed of themselves. And CNN should be ashamed of themselves. And everybody, stop it already. You know, like uh, Dwight Howard tweeted, "Be Palestine to be back." Selena Gomez tweeted uh, a pro-Gaza. Oh, God. Selena yeah, Gomez. Oh, yeah, that college grad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, thank you. John, thank you oh, so much. Well, Selena said that. Uh, yeah. Rihanna has to take oh, it back. Let's, her, let's see if she can spell Palestinian. <laughs> I'll ask her right now. Thanks, so. Have a great day. She's merciless there. What do you think, Bosh? Excellent. Are you impressed? Yeah, that's an exact perfect attitude that a Westerner ought The to only have. thing is she says, it's been going on for months. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been going on for for centuries, over a thousand years. Just this is just the latest. So I I put that definitely under the good column. I was very impressed with with Joan, and I just think the fact that more uh-huh. people who I mean I don't I never knew what Joan Rivers politics were, but you would assume that and people you know, in her entertainment might not be uh, on the right. It's like right? Howard Stern. He I doubt he's on the right, but he's on the big issues. He's excellent. I mean, he's just dead on. Maybe it's because he's a Jew. Maybe because he feels persecuted. Maybe in his mind he knows that these guys actually do succeed, that he's gone. Right. I, don't, I don't know. Maybe it's like preemptive attack at them. But he makes sense, and she makes perfect sense here. I mean, I, I got nothing to say about it except the you know, last few months. Yeah, it's just been going on for a few months. And at least when you go to uh, Crowdhammer, yeah. he talks about what happened 10 years ago gives us a little bit of history, but I guess people have very short memories. So then the next clip on the on the good list is Bill Maher, and he has... Bill Maher's excellent on Islam, by the way. Unlike his fellow leftists, he's excellent on Islam. Right. And, he, and basically he says it's worse than the other religions, which is, which is absolutely true. It's just, it's just more violent. It just is by the nature of the prophets and their quote-unquote prophets. So I want to give you this clip of, of his show recently. Now, what, what's his current show called, by the way? Like real time with Bill Maher, that sounds right. I think that's right. right. And he has Jamie Weinstein from the Daily Caller. You'll hear him in there actually talking about Hamas right. in a knowledgeable way. Other than that, I and think it's Harmon, Jane Harmon. Yeah, right? who's, a, who's a politician? Democrat. Who's a, yeah, Democrat. But but she seems to be a little bit cowed by <sighs> the reaction in the Not audience. Not just that. I think she is also seeing the reality of it because I don't think she said anything that was. Uh, no, 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 no. But she, so, she's, I mean, she's definitely reading. Like she read Krauthammer, for example. Yes, yes, on, she did. Yeah. Right, right. So right. Let, let's let's play the clip and let it speak for itself a little bit here. Oh, now it says, "Watch this video on YouTube because playback on other websites has been disabled by the video owner." So you can see it on my blog. Oh, Don't to, to it's, Gaza, yeah. where the Israelis have invaded. Now, I, I mean, I see the Palestinian argument. They have a legitimate gripe. What I don't see is the argument from so much of the rest of the world that they also have the moral high ground. I see on the news every night lots of reports, and it's very sad, we all feel horrible about them, of Palestinian civilians who are dying, including children. Nobody seems to ask, whose fault is that mostly? 
I feel terrible for a Palestinian child who dies. But if it's your father, your brother, your uncle who is firing those rockets into Israel, whose fault is it really? Do you really expect the Israelis not to do, not to retaliate? I don't, I don't think you can understand the conflict without reading Hamas's charter upon which they were founded, which clearly calls, and it's chilling, uh, calls for not only the destruction right. of Israel, but the murder of Jews generally. They say the day will come when yeah. the trees will call out and they say, here's a Jew, come kill them. Uh, this is the mentality of the people there that Israel is fighting. Uh, and they don't care, uh, not only if they kill Israel civilians, that's what they're looking for, but their own civilians because they see yeah. that as a propaganda coup. Uh, and that, to, to them, uh, that, that is a win-win. And it's an awful thing well, and it's chilling, but it's a reality. Charles Krauthammer, whom I seldom agree with, wrote the other day that Israel is using a missile defense system to protect its citizens, and Hamas is using its citizens to protect oh, its missiles. That's good, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I, I do feel, uh, to, to your point, that if, if the uh, Hamas people had the opportunity, they would kill the maximum number of Israelis, which would be all. And Israel has the opportunity to kill way more, and, and they, they do no, not. No. It seems like they are the victim of the soft bigotry of high expectations. Mm -hmm. it, it, there, there's, this, uh, there's this, you know, people are talking about the number of casualties on the Palestinian side versus the Israeli side. Uh, but there's no question that if Hamas, as you said, could, they would, they would wipe Israel off the map. Uh, and if you look at the Gulf War I, for instance, just one example, uh, you know, Iraqis took 20 times more casualties than uh, U.S. and their allies. Does that make the U.S.'s position of pushing Iraq out of Kuwait any less noble? Of course not. That's a, that's a, that's a nonsense to them. Uh, can we ask why Israel wins all the time? Because they've won every war. They have to. If they hadn't won every war, they wouldn't exist. I mean, they, you can't go 8-1 and one and be Israel. You kind of have to go 8-0 every year. Uh, so I think it has something to do with the fact that they believe in science and education. I mean, Jews, Jews have, uh, I think, 155 Nobel Prizes, and Muslims have two. I, I'm, I'm not, now, maybe it's who you know, but that seems like yeah. kind of a big advantage for Team Hebrew. And I think that has, I mean, most scientists are atheists, you know. I don't think you can be an atheist scientist in the Arab world. I think that has something to do with the fact that they're always having this incredible advantage in war and then having to apologize. I'm sorry no, for winning so bad. All right, but I, I think winning ultimately is about a peaceful region. That's when Israel will truly win when the region is in peace and it has secure borders. And fighting endless wars is a tragedy, not just for the Israeli people, who are protected by this missile defense system now, but also for the Palestinian people who've made very bad choices of their own leaders, they have. Uh, and, but are also victimized. And isn't it about the least bad option? I mean, I, 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 somebody said to me today, uh, you know, I think the Israelis' main problem is not Hamas. I think it's world opinion. And I said, you know, I think if you live there, you know, your main problem is I might get bombed when I go to the dry cleaners. I think that's a, a little more important than do people yeah. like me. I th I'll, you know, I'll get yeah. to that when I can get up above ground, above the shelter well, I'm living also, in. Also, people seem to forget that Israel withdrew from Gaza. It's not occupying Gaza. It withdrew in 2005. And well, then the Palestinians elected uh, bad leadership in 2007, right. and the whole thing has gone downhill ever since. But Israel doesn't want to be in Gaza. Israel wants to take out tunnels and missile launchers and leave Gaza. And that's the and purpose of this.
incursion that's going on. And I think in a corollary to what you're saying is that it's not only that they, Israel loves science and things like that, they have leaders that believe in life, while you know, Hamas is something that you know, glorifies death. And just one example is that there's bunkers in Israel and there's these iron domes that take down missiles down to protect their systems. What did Hamas use the money they had? They I think he meant protect their citizens. Yes. I think that's what he meant, citizens. Build underground tunnels in order to attack Israel with and hide their weapons, not protect their people. Okay. I, I, mean I think that's probably it. Yeah. But this, this is an excellent exchange, and here's Bill Maher, and there's now, Bill Shane Harmon, a former lip service Democrat. to his uh, fellow leftists by saying they, they have a point. That, no, they don't. They're savages. They're grotesque creatures. They have no point. But then he gets rational. And, and see, there was oh, no, you, there was no conviction with him saying you that. You feel bad for the children. Absolutely. You the, do feel the, bad the, for the children. The children were brought right. into a world where they, where they wake up and they're, they're, they're basically have the disease of Islam. And they didn't choose it. And uh, I wrote... I wrote something just simple. Up. Now, Renus in the chat room says Muslims, uh, actually, Obama has a Nobel Prize. So then they're talking about Muslims have only two Nobel Prizes. Well, if Obama is actually a Muslim, that may be three. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I wrote something the other day. I said Islam necessitates war. Right. It does. It requires it. They have to, or else they're not being Muslim. You know, they refer to the Jews as the as a as a the uh, as a descendants of apes and pigs in the in their holy book twice. And they have a, you know, a particular hankering to kill Jews, more so than others. This is what it's based on. It's not based on nationality, not based on uh, territory, territories, the Palestinian quote-unquote territories. It's based on killing Jews. That's it. No, but that's what their right. whole right. ideas are, the Palestinians. They, that's, that's, they, a, that's a great thing to base no, I mean, our country off it. of. They it. live to kill Jews. That's it. And that's why they're dying. Because they're killing Jews, and Jews say, "You can't kill us and get away with it. We're going to kill you." You know, there there was one uh, story that I was going to maybe put under the good, but I'm not sure how I exactly feel about this or think about this. And it is that in France, in Paris, they have actually banned a pro quote unquote Palestinian protest that's planned for Saturday tomorrow in Paris. They actually banned it. They good. said we have to shut it down. Because, you saw what they did last time. You saw they right, they burned the, cars. the prior protests have turned into violence. So here's a question for anybody who wants to talk That's about it. That's not free it. speech. Well, right, it's not free speech. But do you then say anybody from then on who wants to express your particular point of view is going to be banned from doing so because prior people who were expressing that point of view took to violence right. in doing so? Yep. How do you... I mean, you say, okay, from then on, expressing that point of view is invalid because, I mean, then, then all you'd have to do is Obama would just say, okay, well, there was a Tea Party demonstration, and, Look, and you know, some, their oats. And, and, and all they'd have to do, you know, the left would just plant some violent people into the Tea Party demonstration and have them Look, act out. Because the Muslim world. And then no more Tea Party. Well, because the Muslim right? world has not gotten what it's deserved post 9 11. They've gotten away with 9 11. They've gotten away with, with Spain, with London. They've gotten away with everything. They're feeling their oats. Muslims are out there. Non-terrorist Muslims are out there throwing bottles at cops, throwing bottles at innocents, beating up Jews in Europe, across Europe, burning cars. They're like, we got the world. We have them like this. And, you know, we had to teach them a lesson. We never did. And in teaching them a lesson, we would be defending ourselves. But that's just too much, I guess, for us, for our, our, for our quote-unquote leaders. But I was going to say, one side wants peace, the other side wants Islam. That's why there's war. They want to 
live Islam. They want to bring it to reality. That's what they want. They don't want peace. This idea that both sides want peace. I was going Yeah. Anyway, they don't. <laughs> one side wants Islam, means it, it will necessitate war. The other side wants peace. And I'm glad that uh, Israel is really taking care of business right now. I think they're getting well, some support. What? Did you look in my bad section? No. Okay. Well, so what, what are they doing? They're gonna they're gonna call a day. Say, so, okay, that's enough. They have to flatten Hamas. It says that they're, they're gonna do a 12-hour unilateral ceasefire. Unilateral. You know what? Again, this is soldiers versus terrorists. That's not a war. That's not a war. Terrorists target civilians. And the Israelis are trying to avoid civilians yeah. at, at the cost of, of their own lives. Yeah, right. right. And, and it's, I don't think that the Israelis are to be praised for this. I don't think the Israelis, and that's why I put well, under bad, Israel is going to observe a, a 12-hour unilateral yeah, this idea, This number counting, like, like there's a baseball game going on. Uh, too many civilians there on that side. We're, you know, people are sitting back on their couches with their fat bellies, drinking who knows what, saying, mm, too many uh, dead on, on that side. They never give a rat's ass about how many Jews are killed on the other side, how they initiated the uh, counterattack. It all started when he hit me back. Remember that? That's a, that's a perfect <laughs> that was line. so brilliant. It, it, it all started when perfect. he hit me back. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. It all started when he hit me back. I think that M082844, who said you can call me Mo, I believe, in the past, said there should definitely be a limit on speech when it comes to threats. And, yeah. I, I mean, this is the question. You, you can't know, do threaten you, people's do you, lives. Do you say that on. anybody who expresses that point of view is Look, therefore going to... Behead those who mock Islam placards in London? No. I, I think that can't be told. They, that's no, not no, speech. No, they that's were flanked by cops. They were allowed to do it. That's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. That's absolutely unacceptable. I mean, to them, free speech is we can say anything. We can say, I'm, I'm going to murder you. They think that's, hey, you have to defend my right to say I want to murder you. I'm not murdering anybody in that second. I'm just saying I'm just saying, they should you know, be murdered. But, you know, whatever. Now, I'm not going to play the Howard Stern clip. As good as it was. I listened to the Howard Stern I, clip. I love listening to it because it absolutely unloads in a complete... It's like, to me... Profanity is a very angry language, you know, and he was just fed up with this one Muslim guy and just told him to go F off, you see, you know, whatever. It was, uh, it was pretty cathartic. I mean, you listen to it, it's like that's an ex perfectly exact attitude to have against a scum like that, defending monsters. It's, it's perfect. And he's been great about, uh, he, you know, he, he's called Democrats communists. He said about 9-11, he's sick and tired of people. And he goes, we've got to go there and flatten them. Just kill them. He's just more foul mouth than I like to be on this no, show. He's, he's so very crude. Yeah. If you can handle the crude language, I do highly recommend, you yeah. know, go go to my blog at don'tletitgo.com and click on that Howard I had no problem with it. and listen to it. Oh, no, he's a foul. I, you know, I can listen to it. I can listen like, to it. I, it. I just don't usually like broadcast a, a Kevin Smith. Show. Kevin Smith has a podcast, and sometimes he has guests that I like to listen to in the comic book industry. I can't listen to it. He, he curses so casually for no reason. Hey, you did that effing thing. Tell us about it. You don't have to curse about that. To me, again, it's, it's an angry language. Soldiers are very profane because they're in war. You know, mm -hmm. they're 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 pissed off at the enemy. They want to do, and uh, even in, in my in my first uh, Grafnell, which you took yeah, a little exception to. Yeah, soldiers are at war, <laughs> and in the restaurant industry, hey, it's, hey, it's what what. Look, <laughs> it's it's defending yourself against other profanity. No, but it's an angry language. You know, profanity. You use it instead of punching someone. You know, 
and that's how my characters, at least my first Gryffindor, did it. Uh, you don't do it in a casual way. Where, hey, buddy, how the f are you doing? You know, it's just it's it's just absolutely indulgent. It's unnecessary. Rena's over here in the chat room at Blog Talk Radio, new participant, so welcome to the show, writes that the children who are over there in Gaza, they're human no matter if they are Muslim or Palestinian. And yes, that's true, but the thing... The inhuman parents take them and use them as shields, the exactly. terrorists. They say, oh, and then they pick them up and show the cameras, look what you did to my child, only as a prop. The inhuman monsters use them as props. Right. So they're brought into this world by monsters, and they're used as props, and Israel's supposed to pay a price for that? No. Israel returns fire back where those missiles come from, and they happen to be uh, the civilians there. I think, wasn't there a video where they're running towards the bombs? I mean, they're, they're running to... Yeah, there, yeah. There's, a, there's a video in which a Hamas leader is calling for people to go towards the site of an Israeli strike, and you actually see an overhead picture and it's the very haunting images of these dark, shadowy figures. You can tell it's human beings going towards well, some of them are semi-human, the innocent kids. I mean, they've been raised to uh, I mean, not value I mean, life. To, their to, own. No, but they've, yeah, been, they've been raised. Have, but to have no concept that this is your one. They have, they have no life. regard for human life. This is your one life, and if you do that, it will be over. So we're not and here. What, what are you doing it for? It's not our job to regard their lives if they don't regard their, their lives. It's, it's, it's not our job. I don't sit here and cry when I see a Palestinian kid, quote-unquote Palestinian kid, dead. I don't. I the, want the, Israel to defend themselves. Yeah. I want them to destroy Hamas. I want the quote-unquote Palestinians to realize, oh, if we keep saying we want to kill Jews, if we keep killing Jews, we will have no life. We will have no peace. You know, will it ever register? I don't know. But... They have to realize that they have to pay a price for this, and they are paying a price for this, even if Israel is going to have a stupid end of this. Yeah, well, we're going to we're going to have to see what the end of it's going to be. Now, the good in all this, again, is that we have prominent figures in the culture yeah. who are expressing strongly support for Israel is in this new? conflict. Because as far as I know, that's new. Well, and it, it seems to me to be new, and again, I suspected that both the Israeli Defense Forces IDF are using social media effectively. Mm-hmm. Netanyahu is getting his message yes, out very well. He said something great. He said, uh, um, Hamas is ISIS, is Al-Qaeda, is Boko Haram, is Islamic Jihad. He was basically comparing it. It is one enemy. Yes. And I think he was talking to the West at large. This was just my assumption. He was talking to, guys, this is your enemy, Hamas. We are you. Yep. We yep. are the civilized world. You know, and it's, it's, I think, to some extent... Well, and that, and that was the powerful thing that Stern said, and there's the quotation and the link to it there. If you're anti-Israel, you're anti-America. Oh, that, the, was, that, was, that was the best thing he said. Well, and, and he made it a little weaker by saying, well, Israel is the only democracy over there. Whatever. It's not about democracy. It's civilized countries, it civilized is, people. It is, it is about respect for human rights or just actually completely protecting upholding human rights which doesn't exist in today's world but if you have to talk about what countries uphold and protect human rights as compared to other countries america and israel are comparable the shame of of this i mean think about it israel it um, produces it achieves it invents it lives and uh, they can't bear it i mean the contrast is far too great yeah they have 
you know, Islam telling them to kill Jews, yes, but the contrast is too great. They're, they're made to look even worse by Israel's success. And that was so one therefore, of the things that Stern talks about, too, yeah. in his yeah, clips. Have, definitely listen to it, because he no, praises they Israel on the merits. They want to get in the way of Israel's success. Mm-hmm. They're envious beyond belief. And because the fact is, it's because, I mean, in their mind, Islam is all great. Look, look at the Muslim world. I mean, if they don't have, if, if the Saudis didn't have oil, I mean, what are they? They're nothing, zero. I mean, they are nothing, even, even with, with the trillions of dollars that they have. But Israel really shames them. You know, to the right, it just reminds them that uh, you guys are nothing. Nothing. Envy, hatred of the good, et cetera, is going on over there, yeah. definitely. So, good stuff. Howard Stern, Bill Maher, Joan, Joan Rivers, Rivers strongly coming out. And there are others out there as well who, who do, but those are the notables right there. Yeah. Go to my blog, don'tletitgo.com, get all this stuff. I wonder the, if um, there's a little trend here, I mean, because this is, again, back to back well, to back. Well, and then what a shame, right, that, I mean, there is this element in the culture that would support a president who strongly supported Israel, Right. But instead, what is the current administration, Obama Kerry, doing? Kerry is over there saying, oh, make peace, make nice with the... Make peace with monsters. Make nice with the evil doggy that wants to bite your yeah. hand off, right? Yeah. Islam means uh, nice... Islam means peace means nice doggy. Right. Nice doggy. I mean, that's what it means. And Kerry that- is a, a Jew hater. He's a Western hater. He's a civilization hater. He's a self-loathing scum. And uh, he can't stand seeing uh, Israel defend itself. Clearly he can't. He keeps going there and keeps trying to put the, the clamps on Israel. He has nothing to say about the scum of the earth, quote-unquote Palestinians. Uh, you know, if anyone from Israel listens, please know that people in the United States do not stand behind John Kerry. And let's keep putting that out there, the 39% approval rating for our president that would probably mean... I think that's even BS, though. I mean, what, what, wasn't there a poll of how many people were actually in favor of Israel in this conflict? And it was something like two-thirds. I can't remember. Is that right? If so, that's, that's great. I think Israel realized, the. I don't know how, but the quote-unquote Palestinians did win the uh, propaganda war. They had the left on their side, the uh, American left, the, the Western left. They had the scum of the earth. Uh, it's like a sheep blitzer. I'll tell you when the, when the guy was on. Right. He had a spokesman, basically a Nazi. You know, the, the equivalent of World War II, a Nazi come on a show and call Netanyahu a Nazi. He compared Netanyahu to Hitler right. when Muslims admire Hitler, love Hitler, but he didn't kill enough Jews. So he's, you know, he's okay. That's why, check out my drawing, Islam's Favorite Infidel. It's on my blog. It's uh, Hitler. Yep. My family, my parents admired Hitler. Yeah. One more piece of good news yeah. before we go into the bad, please. Yeah. Okay. Please, please. I'm saying what, when you talk about war, I know. kids jump off. I know. I know. But let's go. One more piece. And it is this. It is that Obama gets another slap down with respect to Obamacare. Yeah. Recently, there was the ruling, was it uh, Hobby Lobby? Yep. The company that sued and said, we should not have to buy birth control right. if we don't believe in it. Right. I'm not necessarily happy about only religious people right. getting exemptions, Absolutely right? right? I mean, I disagree entirely at the most deepest fundamental level, probably more deeply and fundamentally than so many religious people with the entire Obamacare legislation, and yet yeah. it's still covering me. 
but maybe there will be a chance of overturning the entire thing. Here's the case. Halbig versus Burwell. I read that. Honestly, I read that. I'm like, I just, it's, too, it's too good to believe, but it's, it's out there, and a number of papers have written about it. Right. So it's oh, yeah. out there. Well, so here's the thing. There are two cases that were actually decided in the same day at the same level in the federal courts, in the Court of Appeals. One ruled one way, one ruled the other. One was in a majority Republican-appointed court, and the other was in a majority Obama-appointed court. So big surprise, we, you know, which one went one way or the other. But the issue seems fairly straightforward, as le- at least as I see it written up in this nice Washington Post piece. Many of you know that the Vala conspiracy is now posting over at the Washington Post, and Jonathan Adler of the Vala conspiracy explains very succinctly how it is that the Affordable Care Act is in part being overturned by the court. And it's this, right? What the IRS tried to do is the IRS tried to apply the subsidies, the Obamacare insurance subsidies, to people who purchased their insurance through healthcare.gov, in other words, the so-called federal exchange. And apparently the Obamacare legislation says that these reimbursements, these tax credits and things, are supposed to apply only to people who purchase through the state-run exchanges. So the way that, you know, and and their whole thing is that they just want to get you milking at the teeth, so to speak, of the federal government. They want to get as many people as possible on federal subsidies so that this thing is so entrenched that no one will ever want to get rid of it. That's their idea, right? And so when a number of states said, forget you, I'm not building a state-run healthcare exchange, et cetera, the, you know, the federal government is the place that people from that state had to go to to purchase their insurance. And so the feds probably said, oh, my gosh, we're not going to get nearly as many people roped into this, roped into the subsidies, unless we give the subsidies also to the people who buy it through the federal. And for whatever reason, that is against the clear language, the clear intent of the legislation. The legislation unambiguously says state-run exchanges with the capital S state, which has all kinds of weird meanings that tax dodge people used to talk about as a territory, blah, blah. But what we do know, whatever state with a capital S means in a piece of legislation, it does not mean the federal government. And so, therefore, it is illegal for the IRS to write a regulation that allows these tax credits or subsidies or whatever you want to call them to go to people who are buying from federal government-run exchanges. That's just it. It is, you know... The state, a state is not the federal government. Whatever you think a state is, language is not that malleable. And yet, okay, that was the D.C. Circuit that got it right and said, look, state is not federal government. Some judge, a couple judges in the Fourth Circuit said, Obama, our dear leader, we will make state into federal government. We will do your bidding. Oh, yeah, the NSA has all of our nudie pictures. But they got a problem. And even Obama's uh, old professor thinks it doesn't bode well for his, quote-unquote, signature legislation. 
What do you got? Oh, we have a phone call. Yeah, but, but um, uh, if if you do want to call and you do want to talk to us, make sure you do hit the little button. There's she, like a button. He said on there actually. Oh, he sat on but, here. Okay. But, uh, Excellent. Thing, uh, uh, Nielsen writes like Carrie looks like Frankenstein. That's why he defends monsters. And check out my uh, drawing Botox and Stein. It's on my blog now. It's Carrie. Botox and Stein. Oh, it's excellent. It's excellent. Yeah. So I think this is good news. Um, I think that if this goes to the Supreme Court, that the Supreme Court still have brains in their head and that even they should realize that state does not equal federal government and that the IRS did a bad thing here. So then what happens? What happens is the tax credits can't go that way. And I don't know that anybody is going to legislatively stick their neck out to try to save Obamacare. If they want to modify the Obamacare legislation so that the tax credits can go to people who purchase from healthcare.gov, that's a whole different thing. So what happens? I don't know. Obama tries to strong arm the states that haven't created the exchanges into doing so. How does he do it? Well, he's going to do something underhanded. Uh, He's got 39% approval rating, so states should not be listening to this bozo. One third of the country wants to according have to Politico, according to Politico, so always question Politico. They're a leftist rag who pretends to be neutral, an objective news site. Right. It's not. It's the leftist rag. But also one thing, they're getting scared. Why the hell would they even use that word? It's like the White House right now warning. You know, basically the argument from intimidation, like don't try to impeach. They're using the word. They're in, they're volunteering the use of that word. That means they're scared. That means it's a possibility. It's a potential reality. And Obama looks like a guy who wants to really, uh, I got this other drone, sorry, impeach me if you can. That's what he's saying. Impeach me if you can. I'm going to get away with it. That's that's what he's counting on. You know, because uh, as as he paints and as Olds paint, they would never, ever impeach, quote, the first black president. You know, he's he's mixed, actually. He's white what and black. What I think anyway. is that he's really just on vacation until he sees what happens in November. And well, he's always on vacation, and then he comes and well, buries he, us and he, goes back he, to vacation. He really, I mean, he's finding that he can't do what he really wants, which is totally bury this country yeah. alive. Yeah. He wants to do that, and he can't do it unless he's got a majority in both the House and the Senate. So I think he's going to try as Hard as Obama can try, maybe not that hard, but you know, fundraise, well, like, fundraise. Well, well, he calls himself lazy, and he says that's that, that's his one great flaw. Try to get those Democrats in the majority. Imagine if it wasn't And lazy. then if he, he does, he's going to come in and he's going to get us with a vengeance. If he doesn't get the majority, then I expect he will spend a whole lot of our tax dollars yeah. on vacations, golfing. He'll write a bunch of executive orders to try to really mess us up on the way out. Isn't Maybe he'll things. try to create a disaster so that well, he, has he can created, stay in office longer. How many disasters has he created? I mean, endless. <laughs> Mo in the chat room says, impeach me if you can, starring Leonardo DiCaprio. By the way, Mo, I saw your post about the Blog Talk Radio advertisement is making a lot of noise. If you could tell Blog Talk Radio you were listening at X time, you know, whatever time it was, that a certain ad, tell them what ad it is that is playing when it shouldn't be playing. Yep. I'm on an account with Blog Talk Radio such that you should not be interrupted with any audio ads. Now, sometimes they're really disgusting where you kind of roll over them barely with your, you don't click it or anything, but your mouse like goes within a half inch of the ad or something, and then suddenly they start playing loud, obnoxious videos. That's, way, uh, that's thanks, what happened to me earlier. Thanks for everyone being here at yeah, this late hour. You. It's very, very cool. I appreciate so, it. So if you can tell them exactly what the offending ad is and tell them that they suck. No. <laughs> yeah. But 
you know, they supposedly they need to know which ad it is that's not behaving well. And perhaps the ad company tells them, oh, no, it's not going to behave badly. It's a wonderful ad. And then it comes on and it doesn't play nice with others and, and such. So impeach me if you can with star Matt Damon, says Nielsen. Much yeah. better, much better. You want to take that call? Or, cause oh, I, yeah, let's but definitely. I don't know if he's still, let's see. Let's see if Stuart's still. Stuart, we're still on the good. Do you have something about the good? Oh, well, I'm sorry about the timing. It was about something bad. But there is some good in it, too. Okay. So it's, it's mixed. So I wanted to ask you about the Western media's um, double standards regarding violence committed by, by Muslims versus those of other people. There's been this really funny video going around uh, where they superimpose Kim Jong-un's head on top of these dancers. You know, and it's really funny. So it's like Kim Jong-un is dancing. And it's really funny. People are enjoying it. And... It makes the North Korean government really angry, just as you know, the government was angry when they learned that that Seth Rogen movie is making fun of Kim Jong-un. Right. And, and all these Western news outlets, like the LA Times, have um, run articles about this. And to give the reader an idea of the context behind it, they actually embed that video onto the article, or they have a link to it. And I think that makes perfect sense. You know, if you want to know what makes Kim Jong-un so angry, you know, the article should show you what is exactly making him so angry. So I appreciate that versus, a lot. Versus, for well, instance, drawing Muhammad cartoons and things like that? Yes, that's right. And then I thought, wait a minute, when the newspaper articles on, on the Internet were talking about the Muhammad cartoons or that anti-Islam video by that Coptic Christian guy, they didn't provide links to those things. They didn't, you know, embed those videos. They just described them, but the reader is at a loss about what that's about. They're reading that this makes Muslims angry, but they don't even they can't look at it for themselves. Right, and I think there's right. a double standard here. And I remember, well, well, I mean, I, I don't, I don't. Was a bad guy. Yeah, but and I don't know if uh, you know Koreans, you know, relate to him. It's, it's like Muslims find themselves to be of one piece. I don't think people <laughs> admire or want to be associated with Kim Jong-il, so no one's going to defend him. But I understand what you're saying in a sense where that's their go-to whipping boy when it comes to condemning, you know, today's name, like uh, um, Team America World Police. Right. He was a big bad guy. The movie, the other movie with uh, James Franco and uh, Seth Rogen that, uh, that, mm -hmm. that we just mentioned, he's a bad guy and it's open and no, no one cares because no one's going to complain too much about it. Well, and you're not going to get killed because of yeah. it. Yes, and well, I think I think the reason why I, I think um, Asians will not jump up, go up in arms about it. They don't like him anyway. Whereas if a Muslim bit, gets it, sorry, go on. The North Korean government has threatened violence over it. I remember yes, that one rationalization for why the newspapers didn't show the Muhammad cartoons was they said, well, if we show the right. cartoon or show the video, it will incite more violence, and we don't want to do that. But I think. Now I see that that's completely disingenuous because when when they show links to the video and when they talk about the Seth Rogen movie, the North Korean government issued a press release saying it, it is promising violent retribution over it. And the newspapers still properly, they don't back down. They still have all this information about these things that angered the North Korean government. And I think that's good. But, you know, they, they're, they're, they don't care that this might, quote, incite violence, unquote, from Kim Jong-un. 
and yet the right, but, but 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 for instance, you don't see you don't see demonstrations in other countries in support of the North Korean government. No, this is one scumbag. They, he's Kim isolated. He, he's one scumbag, and they don't feel like well, no one's going to rise. I mean, up I'm not I'm not saying it's right. I'm no, not saying it's right. No, absolutely not. We go after all. The reason they should be they making you know they should make you know comedies about well, I, I don't like, I don't like when they make it too light, but they should mock Osama bin Laden and all the other rats as well, and they don't. But this is not, you know, I don't think Kim Jong-il represents a whole mass of people like Islam does, like Osama bin Laden does, like, like Muslims do. You know what I mean, he's just one scumbag among, among others that I don't think he'll be defended in any way. And they're not, they're not afraid, I guess, because he hasn't shown it yet. He hasn't done anything horrific yet. He hasn't bombed us. He hasn't, you know what I mean? He keeps saying that he's going to do something. I guess he's impotent. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I guess he doesn't... I have to confess to a very selfish worry. You know, I live in Hawaii, and we're, we're a military target. You know, we have Pearl Harbor. So if Kim Jong-un ever does decide yeah. to shoot missiles in right. the USA, you know, Hawaii will be his first target. And if he destroys Hawaii, President Obama can't vacation here anymore. And then he'll have more time to legislate and try to influence public right. policy. So, so now you're exactly so now you're trying to get our selfish interest behind. No, but no, I, I think I, hear you. I I think I think that people probably don't believe he's actually going to do anything, or maybe it's, I, I don't know. It's not I it's not real. There's to something them. there. Something going on in my mind about it. I know there's something there. I just got to figure it out because uh, they do mock him mercilessly. You know, this guy's a bad guy. He's a killer. We know that. He has killed people. This is what he does. He's a, he's a scumbag. But he doesn't represent anything other than himself. You know what I mean? He doesn't represent beyond that. It's like people are afraid to make Muhammad's drawn because that Muslim around the corner might kill them. Whereas this guy is just a guy in some far distant land. You know, you know here, here's really the problem, right? I mean, we should be mocking all of these guys, right? Yeah. And Equally. But you can't mock them without backing it up with the conviction that you're going to defend our right to do so. And the worst thing is right now, none of us believe that Obama is actually protecting our interests. No. And so I, I, that's, I mean, the problem is not the mocking. The problem is that we aren't no taking backup. the proper military action in the world to so, show that we, you know, that we actually defend our citizens here. So I, I completely understand. So Stuart, something but, here also, I mean, uh, in terms of the way Asians are, are perceived also as like they're not even considered uh, minorities to some extent. They're always left on the side. You got Hispanics, you know, you got blacks, you have others, and the Asians, let's not really, I mean, let's not put them there. There's something to it. And that has something to do with probably with the uh, acceptance of, uh, of Kim Jong-un be, being mocked with no one, no one worrying about what he's going to do about it. Um, I don't know. I mean, something to think about. Something definitely to think about. It is definitely double standard. No doubt about it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that that's your main point for tonight, Stuart? Yeah. Well, thank you for calling in and, and bringing it up, and it's something that we should, I think, definitely continue to Yeah, watch. I mean, there's something yeah. to tap into it, just to explain it to myself even, just to figure it out, because there is something there going on. They don't feel any the, the same fear they would feel about going after some Muslim later. You know, I guess because Muslims have proven themselves that they would cut the heads off people who say certain things, whereas it's 
it's just just one individual. Well, and maybe it's as simple as Stuart says. They're not in Hawaii, all these people. So they're not the first target. Nah. So that unless... At the same time, I mean, the guy should be mocked. You should not mock him. Ooh, he might nuke us. Let's not mock him. No, absolutely not. you gotta got to mock this couple Well, right, right, right. But then you have to be prepared yes. to... And clearly we're not. Intercept a nuke or do whatever in the White House. Let's go to the bad. We already started the bad. I've got a few stories over there at DontLetItGo.com. We've got Tale of the Tapes. IRS head confirms investigators have found backup tapes in the learner probe. Oh, no, they were all destroyed. Oh, well, maybe we have some of them after all. This, again, you know, you got to keep following Ted Cruz on this. He's calling for a special prosecutor over and over and over, and everything keeps pointing in that direction. This is a huge cover-up, and people on the left who just can't bring themselves to care about it, I ask you why. This is not going to be the last president. It's possible, given the low approval rating of your favorite president, Barack Obama, that the next president will be a Republican. Would you want a Republican-led IRS to use its power to discriminate against you, to take all of the people who donate to your favorite organizations and subject them to higher audit percentage incidents, you know, what is like 10%? of the donors to Tea Party groups were audited versus 1% in the general population. This is horrible and unfair, and this is the sort of thing that Lois is behind. Politically motivated, wielding the stick, the force of the IRS against citizens. That is unacceptable. And the Republicans are outraged. They're exasperated. I mean, you got this, this, I don't know what he is, this creature. I forgot his name, Konkin, whatever his name is. He's there. He goes, oh, actually, yeah, they do have them. But, and the guy says, excuse me, who said this? You know, uh, I think what's the name? Asked him, uh, Gowdy. Who said this? I think that was, that was me. Yes. Y- yes, it was. Because he said it was destroyed. That's it. Forever gone. Now he says, actually, we were able to. And uh, that's why I have, have this piece. It's, it's, it's uh, IRS. It's liars with uh, IRS. And it pulled out. And that's I mean, right. lying just, rats. Just Pure and total dishonesty and dragging it along and dragging about, it along. About the last story, Mo writes, uh, Lil, Lil Kim, about Kim Jong-un, uh, Lil Kim is concerned that if we don't take him seriously, then perhaps the fear he uses to control others would wear off. It's true. Because he's probably ashamed and embarrassed. Like, wait a minute, the world's making fun of me. And I'm was like, it really true or was it phony that in North Korea they were telling their citizens that they were further along in the World Cup than they were? No, I think that was true. That was true. That, that wasn't the onion. I don't think that, that was the, wasn't the onion. So it's propaganda, propaganda, and these guys right. clash with the propaganda. They say, oh, I'm great. My people think I'm great. Don't mock me. You know? Right. Right. Exactly. And and if they you know, see, their citizens actually see any of this mocking out there on this the Internet. This guy is so weak that he could. I could see him doing something horrific in, in retaliation to that. Right. So exactly. We'll, we'll see. Exactly. Uh, next horrible story, I don't want to spend too much time on it, is Al-Qaeda targeting U.S. infrastructure for a digital 9-11. Sorry, one second. Just Al-Qaeda should have been annihilated right after 9-11. Now they're smarter, they're stronger, they're more devious, they're figuring things out, and we have given them this. It's us. No, I agree. Uh, So go check this out if you want to be depressed. They're preparing for major cyber attacks against U.S. infrastructure that could be comparable to the devastating 9-11 
attacks on New York and Washington, a senior Justice Department official said on Thursday. Uh, we're in a pre-9-11 moment in some respects with cyber, he says. So there could be some yucky things. I guess stockpile supplies in your house as if there's some sort of a natural disaster because the whole grid of power might be off. Uh, you might not be able to get water because the water supply is going to be tainted. I mean, there's all kinds of things like that that you might want to try to be prepared for. And, you know, this enemy, if they're living, they feel they're winning. Like, we're not wiped out, so let's just keep doing it. And that's it. It's yeah. like they're, they, they have won as far as they're concerned. In no particular order here, next one, thesaurus.com has the following entry for obstructionist. Click on it if you go over to my blog at don'tletitgo.com and you can see it for yourself. My cousin gave us a, a heads up on this. Actually, this is interesting. I had obstructionist and it looks like it got rid of it. Really? I-S-T. You think they, they caught wind or something? I'm wondering. <laughs> yeah, it's gone. Are you serious? Oh my gosh, we have the screen grab. Yes, yes we do. We have the screen grab. Yes, okay, we do. they had obstructionist. Are you serious? It's gone. They had obstructionist, and that's really bad because then they're covering up what they had. Yes. They had obstructionist they at, know at they're up the no source. No, but they know they're up there. And up let, no good. let me go ahead and do you have it right yeah, there? Okay, right. good. I'm gonna I'm gonna read it. If you try to go to obstructionist now, you get obstruction and it just says blockage and hindrance and interference. It's boring. This is what used to be there, and it was the Zem yeah. who sent this to us, right? Um, and thesaurus.com, obstructionist, the first entrance entry in there was moderate right-winger traditionalist. For, uh, for obstructionist. Yes, for obstructionist. So if you are a right-winger, if you are a moderate, if you are a traditionalist, then somehow... You are there's more, not though. an obstructionist. But but there's more crap like that. Oh, there's redneck and yeah. stick in the mud. There's Tory, middle of the road. Nothing to do with leftists, right? With leftist ob- ob- obstructionists. You know, because under the Bush administration, leftists were trying to save America from Bush, right? But now <laughs> the right wingers want to. I checked this earlier today, obstructionist. That's incredible. And saw that it was still there. So at the time that I posted this, which was this afternoon. Obstructionist was still there. Between then and now, as I'm speaking this evening, this is 9 o'clock at night, I did it probably about 3 o'clock this afternoon. In the last six hours, thesaurus.com so they has have no more eliminated this. So, Bosch, can you yeah. put this out on Twitter? Yes. And, and tag me, and then I'll retweet it. So then if you guys follow us on Twitter, you can see the Whoops. screen grab of what we had before. But they that. have obliterated the entry that they had that was specifically anti-derogatory towards the right, right. or traditionalists. Right. Um, just just put here is the entry for obstructionist that was Here's wiped out. Yeah. <laughs> wiped out in the last six hours at thesaurus.com. Huh. Interesting. I find that very interesting. I mean, maybe we're going to put it under good news that people were right. through complaining Having that effect, I think that's a, a good sign. Obstructionist. Hmm. No, just obstruction From now. Thesaurus.com? Thesaurus.com. That's, that's really, really interesting. Anyway, here's another piece of bad news. And, and another piece of bad news, look at the headline, too. It says, Israel, Hamas, to observe 12-hour 
unilateral ceasefire in Gaza. It says, hours after rejecting terms for a longer ceasefire, Netanyahu told Kerry that Israel will begin a 12-hour pause in hostilities starting at 7 a.m. Israeli time on Saturday. Okay, so the headline, this is from the Jerusalem Post. The headline is grammatically incorrect, and it seems to imply that both of the countries are observing some sort of a ceasefire. But we all know that unilateral means one-sided. So it's not a unilateral ceasefire if both Israel and Hamas are observing it. So why in the world does it say Israel, Hamas? I, I know it's late. I know I'm tired. But... This is wrong. So, okay, first of all, it's wrong that they're portraying it this way as if Hamas is partaking in the ceasefire. Maybe it's because they know doing a unilateral ceasefire is wrong. It is wrong. It is suicidal for Israel to start saying, oh, no we'll Muslims do, all do this. When Muslims are losing, ceasefire. they do this. And then they strengthen up. And well, right, but then they agree to a ceasefire. But they haven't. This is unilateral. No, this but, is no, but what I'm saying is, who, uh, who, wait, Israel unilaterally did this? Yes. And, and <laughs> Hamak, because sometimes when Muslims are losing, they feign to have, uh, you know, a succession of, of hostilities, but they always come back. Right. Because they want to get stronger. Yeah, Jim Dahl, MD, in the chat room over here says, how can two parties observe a unilateral this action? Exactly. Stuff. I mean, I guess the leftists got a little hold, you know, on this, on this uh, move by Israel. It's pathetic. You know, Netanyahu, again, he sounds great when he's not, you know, when he's not president. And sometimes even when he's president, always just weak, gets, gets weak in the knees. Always. Now, then it says Hamas also agreed to the 12-hour humanitarian okay. truce. Well, they agreed but to... But then it's not unilateral. That's just, I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. So that it, it's all wrong. Um, it's wrong that they wrote it this way. And it's wrong to try to negotiate with Hamas. It, it, last time, didn't they? It, Egypt tried to make some little yeah. truce with them, and it did not last a few minutes, maybe. Yeah. Israel needs to wipe out Hamas. Hamas has made it clear it's either Hamas or Israel. So terrible. Um, this is a story that I have Rush Limbaugh to thank indirectly, and Bosch to thank directly for. I visit his site. I, I can't listen anymore, but his site has good content. He does. He, he does have some good content. And I ended up picking up the story from the Washington Times because you don't necessarily want to read a Rush Limbaugh right. transcript where he's talking about it. But the story is New York Governor Cuomo launches a statewide task force to collect LGBT data. So if you are lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgendered, data about you is something that the state of New York wants to collect. This seems like, I would say, a liberal's worst nightmare, right? I mean, why should the government be collecting data about your sexual orientation? What is the reason they're, they're giving? I mean, what's the reason? Oh, this? well, you know the reason that they're giving. No, is no. It, what's the reason is, that they're giving? This is, this is part of a, quote, comprehensive, comprehensive effort, effort. Comprehensive effort to improve services. For lesbian, so gay, they want to find out the details of the sex lives of homosexuals. Yeah. So, do the homosexuals want to volunteer that information to them? What I what I just want to have any liberals who are listening to this show happen to listen to the show. Welcome to the show. I know we're on at a different time. We're usually in the afternoons. If your government is doing things that it should not be doing, in this case, 
stealing money from people in the form of taxation in order to, quote, provide services for certain select groups, subgroups of citizens like lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, um, expect that that government is going to start butting their nose into every private detail of your life. And this is just the beginning. Obamacare makes your personal health details the federal government's business. And more and more data is going to be collected about you, more snooping have into your private gotten life. Together and are up in arms about this? Have they expressed this in any kind of concerted effort? I mean, in, or even an individual homosexual who could say, well, this is unacceptable. What the hell is this crap? I mean, has there been any... I mean, I, I would just, I would just love to see them push back on this. But you know, here's Cuomo. Cuomo's their guy, right? Yeah. He says, "quote By being more inclusive with how state agencies monitor the demographics of those they serve, we can address health and financial disparities, maybe, maybe this safety is, concerns, and a myriad of other issues that may, impact LGBT New may, Yorkers." Maybe it's probing something like, "Well, let's see what group will do anything we want, and then we'll go from there. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it sounds really I mean, weird. how about whatever your sexuality is, is your own private yes. business, Yes. and the state should not be collecting information. I mean, there are homosexuals who are public by it, homosexuals who, who are private by it. They don't want people to know, and they, they want to live their lives in private, privacy. This guy wants them all to come out and talk about it and let how them many, know, let them in on it. How many people are going to be outed against their will because of that's, this program? That's the big question right. also. The Institute of Medicine emphasized in a March 2011 report the need for collection of data. Due to the limited data collection, it can be difficult to identify the specific nature of health discrimination or financial disparities. In other words, we're the government and we're here to help, and we are here while we're helping to butt our nose into your business. And you cannot have one without the other. So, you know, just be warned. As soon as the government starts doing things that it should not be doing, the end result is going to be the wiping out of all privacy. Gone. And that's the fault now. The government is always doing what they're not supposed to be doing. By the way, Nielsen picks up on uh, Hamas. He goes, Hamas needs to become nomas. <laughs> That's, That's perfect. perfect. That is awesome. How about um, Hamas with Hamas and then Nomas? Oh, yeah. Can I, you do Pigman like that? Hamas, I, Nomas? I always play on Mohammed, you know, well, right, right, Hamas. Right. But couldn't you do Someone like said Ham Massacre? Hamas you know. yeah. with the Pigman and then Nomas. Yeah. And that would be great. And you can credit me. Right, 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 right. Could that be fun? Right. I think right. <laughs> that's right. You know, put 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 a uh, Hamas in and put put big man in their place, Nomas, because he, he because he wiped him out. Jim Dahl in the chat room says, "Could you imagine if it became public that Governor Perry was collecting oh, yeah. LGBT data in Texas?" Oh yeah. But do you remember, um, Jim, that one of the things that Perry was doing was forcing immunization. I mm. think for the HPV. Whatever it is, I think, yeah, of yeah, forcing immunizations for young girls yes, in the government schools in Texas, and not necessarily, you know, ex totally forcing, but basically trying to administer the programs in such a way so that when the literature was sent home to the parents, they didn't really get it, that they could opt out, right, right. like really sneaky garbage to essentially coerce parents into having their girls immunized for something that they didn't want to have their girls immunized for. It's yep. horrible. And, uh, by the way, Rick Perry loved Islam, calls it religion of peace. Just, 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 is, just, is he still there? Just be clear about who this guy is. Is he still there? Yeah. 
another bad thing. And this is uh, via someone who had not sent me a story before. So thanks to Danny Bear who sent this via the Don't Let It Go on her page on Facebook. This is a story from Fortune.com. And it is criticizing tax dodges, some people's tax dodges, as un-American. Un-American. So to un-American. tax them is American. Of course. To tax them out of existence is American to... To protest is un-American. Right. It says uh, big, big-time companies are moving their headquarters overseas to dodge billions in taxes. That means the rest of us pay their share. I am sorry. These companies are producing wealth. They are being raped yes, at are. a rate that is higher than, I think, any other country in the world. 35% corporate tax rate. I think you're right. In America, yeah. We have one of the highest, if not the highest, it's, it's corporate tax rates in the entire world. Our government is hostile to business. And I do not blame the corporations one iota for doing this. And remember, the corporations then pay people. If people are United States citizens, they're paying their taxes, okay? Yes, they are. And they're paying their taxes at gunpoint, just like all of us are. We are all just slaves, basically, in a concentration camp. I mean, that's an exaggeration. Tax slaves. But in, in essence, we are all tax slaves anyway. And so you are going to begrudge a person for trying to break free in some And way? use the excuse that you're going to cover for him? You mean? You're you want me to cover for you? No, we no. will cover for you no. and the, get, get the, some sympathy. The answer is to get rid of compulsory taxation. Right. Yes, I agree that you know maybe that's a long-term goal or something. It's a fantasy for the it future is, for me. It's not like a fantasy. Right but it, it should be the reality that... I think people would be willing to part with money to take care of business, to have the police, to have the courts, to have things that they, that, would. That they need. They would. They Absolutely. Would. And, and there's ways to do it, and Ayn Rand's talked about it, and a lot of people have talked about it. But it's like this idea also when, when Obama projected that no one would get insurance if they didn't have to. I mean, no, if, I mean, if it's not forcing, you wouldn't do it on your own. People across the country have right. and would and, and did, and now, they're, now they have to. Yeah, and so people are actually leaving. I don't, I don't blame these companies one bit, and I believe we talked about a story last week in which so you, some legislators are saying, oh, my God, we have to legislate and find a way to stop them from doing this because they're going to actually get away and not have to pay them taxes. Yes, and that's a crime. I mean, now. I, I, would, <laughs> I, think, I think this week, if I put that story this week, I would have put it under the ugly section, which is where we have to go now. We have to talk about the ugly. And I put under ugly the first story, Michael Moore – He's ugly. What he has done is ugly. I thought it was ugly enough that he was coming out against the so-called 1% when we knew he was probably in the 1%. But now I figure he's probably in the top half percent based on the recent revelations about his wealth. Nine homes, uh, five bridges in each room. (laughs) Was that part of the details? No, but I got this one thing. It's uh, it's uh, more food, more nihilism, more money, more of this. It's a cartoon. Check it out. He's a disgusting creature. He really is. Jim over here in the chat room actually makes a good point on that last story about the corporate taxes. He says, like, I still can't understand why people don't recognize that yeah. the public pays corporate taxes. And that's right. If the corporations are taxed, so for example, I got my first installment of Coffee with Reason, which is the new daily thing that you can get from the Ayn Rand Institute. Go to the Ayn Rand Institute, aynrand.org, and you can find the subscribe to Coffee with Reason. But the story is that if Apple is 
convicted under antitrust or if its conviction is upheld, then they're going to have to pay 400 and some odd million dollars, you know, in so-called reparations to consumers. Of course, that money will never see any of us anyway because it's all going to go to bureaucrats like Lois Lerner. But that's beside the point. What's going to happen is Apple products are going to get needlessly more expensive for us to purchase. Um, and, of course, what's his name? Carney is going to be working for them, too. So uh, that is sick. everything's going to be more expensive because Carney is now working that for Apple. That is sick. I mean, what, what a pathetic move to get this absolute liar to do what? Propaganda for Apple? It's like he did wonders for Obama, right? No. He just, he just told how big a liar Obama is. He, you know, he reminds daily in his in, in his uh, daily lies. Exactly, exactly. So, oh, by the way, uh, Michael yeah, Moore. Yeah, so if, if the corporations are taxed more, we pay more for the product. That's it. So uh, the rich, Michael Moore said that the rich are out of control, sociopathic, kleptomaniacs. And I have this this piece, and uh, on his on his face, I have this one thing where it says, uh, "We'll eat for food." He has it on mm-hmm. his face. You know, uh, he says, uh, Michael, I'm sorry, this thing is not showing. Anyway. Now, the the next story, after the Michael Moore story, again, go to my blog at don'tletitgo.com, because the next story is one that inspired the title, Good, Bad, and Ugly, and yet I don't know if I can even talk about the next story because it is so ugly. You know what story I'm talking about, boss? I think I do, and it so, is ugly. Here, you can talk about Which it. Which one is it? I'm going to let you talk about this Which story. One? This is the one. The auction. Oh, no. That's the one that inspired I, the story. I, I shared you it with you. You shared it with me, <laughs> and it inspired this title so for I today's said, uh, show. It is I the said, most nihilist, most yes. horrible thing I have seen in a long time. I said, which POS is going to buy this POS for $10,000? It's literally, literally a piece of crap. A long piece of crap. Ancient. I don't know, thousands of years old, I think they said, right? And someone actually put, I, it, put I, it at an auction uh, for $10,000. This is a, did, a Beverly Hills not, gallery. I did not read it. And the opening line is, this Saturday, a Beverly Hills gallery plans to auction off a piece of crap. Literally. And I called it, you know, I said, this is a masterpiece of you-know-what. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what it is. It's a masterpiece of crap. I just, I don't know what else to say. I mean, it's just this, this is where we are today. Where they can go up there and no one stops them. Their conscience, their conscience doesn't stop them. Their their taste doesn't stop them or lack thereof. They go there and say, "We're gonna sell a piece of crap for ten thousand dollars." They probably laughed about it and drank and who knows what. And, and they probably will sell it. They probably will sell it. We'll see. It's, a, it's the world's longest poop, and they describe it. Please just listen, okay? Listen to this. This is how they describe it. Please. The eye-watering... Nielsen to said this, it was please. dropped by Michael Moore. <laughs> so I guess he's, he's uh, immortal. This is a, an old piece of crap, literally. Listen to the words that the gallery uses, please. Mm-hmm. The, quote, eye-watering, unquote, poop, quote, boasts a wonderfully even pale brown-yellow coloring oh, please don't read and anymore. terrifically please. detailed you texture you across you the whole of its stop. immense length. And then uh, the... Uh, the uh, the story says, oh, and the fossilized dung, or coprolite, could be 33, 33 million years old, according to the auctioners. I just, I don't know. I mean, I, I saw it, and I had to make fun of it. I said, you know, this, which POS will, will buy this POS? It's, it, we'll, we'll buy this master POS. 
Oh, man. The, the fact that this is such a big news story. And, you know, I find there are so many ugly things on the Internet right now. As well. Yeah, yeah. If you go to a site to yeah. read a story, no, there, it's worse there, than ever. there is often clickbait at the bottom of whatever yep. story it is. And it's it like, is, who are the ugliest is, actors? It, who are the ugliest people looking at Yeah. Right. Or it's like a picture of something that yes. looks, it, it, it looks like you can't figure out what it is. It's purpose. Well, no, but listen, you can't figure out what it is. And at the same time, it looks gross. Yes. And you're supposed to click on it. And I don't know. I mean, I think actually um, this computer that we do the show on here has perhaps some kind of a virus in it from a click something of some kind. I think you're right. Um, Maybe from this from this story. It's, it's a it's a crap virus. Anyway, on Michael know. Moore's face in my drone, I have will eat will eat for food. Michael Moore is less. Michael Denty Moore and Michael Moore food. That's all. I just have to share that. Let's check it out when you can. So, what is uglier, the fact Michael that, Moore or that? Uh, well, that and actually, we can have people vote on what is the ugliest <laughs> of all the ugly stories. No, I have is... I have got six ugly stories over here. They took right? a piece of crap and put it in a gallery and said, "We're going to sell this for ten thousand dollars." And the way that they described it, I mean, honestly, it's not. The Onion would may not have done that. I mean, I, I think they would have, but I think the Onion now has to compete with reality, and just it might go. Out of, I mean, it might have to jump a shark somehow. <laughs> the onion, you know what I mean? It's like this is impossible. Some of these stories, it's impossible. <sighs> well, it's it, you know a lot of things that happen in the real world. I don't. I mean, Ayn Rand and, would and not the, have put that in her novel. No, she no, not, no, no. And someone was no, she would not have. In fiction, she wouldn't have done it. This is mm-hmm. reality. And someone says, "How would you pay for that piece of crap?" You know, <laughs> <laughs> he has it on his mantle. You know. So. Only a piece of crap would buy the piece of crap anyway. This, this next is just as disgusting, but on a different yeah. level. And it is Woody Allen. Story from Breitbart.com. Woody Allen on and off screen both says life is meaningless. Yeah, I know we're running short on time here. Well, um, Woody Allen's meaningless, but go on. Woody, sorry, Woody Allen's life is meaningless. The American filmmaker Woody Allen says there is one major reason that the protagonists he creates usually view life as meaningless. Because it is. Okay, I'm done reading that story. Someone told me, uh, they said, imagine what he tells his grandchildren and children and loved ones. and Life is meaningless, therefore you're meaningless. I'm meaningless, they're meaningless, everything's meaningless. You know, That's what he's saying to them. And when, when they read that, really? My, you actually believe that, Woody? You know what I mean? It's just, uh, and, he, and he, he makes, he's made some good films, which I enjoyed. You know, I guess when he thought life was meaningful, he made them. Now he doesn't think his life, life is meaning, meaningful. Well, the movies that you enjoyed were which ones? And in those ones were the protagonists, people who believe life was meaningless. Well, not meaningless, but it was uh, evil. There was one with... Um, Match point, if I'm not mistaken, really well done, almost like a horror movie, but not quite. It's it's a murder movie, and uh, Scarlett Johansson's in there. Another actor's in there. I forgot his name, but he's he was good. It was really well done. The Paris one was was fun, you know, the time travel oh, right, Paris right, thing right. that was fun. I think Manhattan, you know, in the '80s, I think he did that. Uh, Andy Hall. I mean, he's made some really entertaining movies, but you know. He's meaningless, right? That's 
very ugly to go out in the world and say, oh, life is meaningless, that's it. I remember he said something about 9-11. I don't know if it was right after 9-11 or not long after. It's just it's too small and a, a subject to work on. Oh, really? So he writes about hookers, neurotics, because those, those are the big things, you know. Mass murder in Manhattan, the city that he allegedly loved, gets attacked. Thousands of fellow New Yorkers get butchered, and it's, that's just too small for him. I mean, he's just, sorry. Which one did you hit? What did you hit? Uh, it wasn't as bad as me dropping the laptop earlier. I oops, thought we were going to be okay. have a, a very bad show here. So here's a story that people may have thought I made a mistake. They thought, mm. ah, it's a late show. Amy made a mistake because she put this under the ugly section. Absolutely I think ugly. this is ugly. And it is. And it's, it's done for a good purpose, probably, yeah, in the yeah. mind of the ugly idiots. Yeah, listen to this. Lawmaker to push a bill requiring. Dinesh D'Souza's quote America movie to be shown in schools. I mean, you know, if I had any any inkling to watch, I just I just lost. Not that it's Dinesh D'Souza's fault, but the fact that it this guy thinks it's 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 a game changer somehow. It says Florida GOP state senator Alan Hayes says that he'll propose a bill mandating Alan that Hayes, students in the Alan 17- Hayes freedom. Yeah. Students in the 1700 Florida public high schools, in other words, government schools, government well, schools, shove this movie and down middle schools are to be shown the film unless their parents object. Anyone in the chat room seen it? I, you know, I'm, I'm reluctant m- to go. It might it, be good. It might no, be a no, good no, movie. But that's not the point. That's yeah. the point. This guy's saying, you must watch it. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? By law. And, and you to, must. And, and to me, that is super ugly. Somebody who, who supposedly represents a party that believes in rights more than the liberals is showing clearly that he doesn't. And it, it, rem- it reminds me of what you were telling me about uh, Michael Hurd that mm-hmm. said the other day, right? Can you find yeah. that quote? Because I yeah, thought was that excellent. was really excellent. He was quoting someone off of uh, Facebook who said this. I think it's brilliant. I think it's perfectly put for the liberal mindset. Uh, let, let me find him. Sorry, one second. Oh, so Heard was quoting it? Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but you know. Okay, but he, so liberalism means if I like it, then make it legal and require people to pay for it. If I don't like it, then outlaw it. And that's a piece that Michael J. Heard, Dr. Michael J. Heard, wrote for his uh, website. It's called Why There's Nothing Liberal About Quote Unquote Liberalism. It's, it's an excellent piece. You know, the, the whole uh, kerfuffle over Dinesh D'Souza is getting old to me. I mean, you know, first of all, when I saw the movie, I, all the initial ads that I saw for the movie had his face plastered yeah, all over it. About? So it kind of, <laughs> you know it kind of I mean? turned me off. I was like, is it yeah. about him or is it about our yeah. country? What's it about? And he's not a selling point. It's like, you know, keep him in the background. Have him narrate it. Fine. So there was that. And then there was the big thing about how, well, if Costco refuses to carry his book, that's somehow censorship. Right, right. As if Costco is the government. So it's not. So now here is some dunce lawmaker saying, oh, yeah, let's push and make it compulsory in schools. This is government schools are evil to take something that's supposed to represent the best of America or portray the essence of America and shove it down people's throats by force. That's that's a totalitarian left's mindset. I mean, this this what happens with these politicians. So that's why they're, I say they're all statists. That's why I say it's ugly. So I'm sorry. Maybe the movie is a good movie. Maybe it is, but I don't know. I don't. I, I, I always don't need to be told by Dinesh D'Souza how great America is. I know how great America is. I mean, I, it might might have value. I'm just I can't get myself to to the theater. The latest. The latest. I just, I just, I just can't do it. 
The latest article, yeah, on Fox, says Stuart in the chat room, on Fox, Jonathan Honig said that Dinesh D'Souza was being a big baby about the Costco matter, and he was, and he was. I mean, you know, they have to carry. His I mean, book. you can complain. Yes. But to say because that it's somehow all, all censorship. I mean, that's, that's just ridiculous. I can't stand that. I mean, I, these people, I think they even know better, but, but they still cling to that. It's not censorship. Only the, gov- only the government can censor. So I do. I, I think I think it's ugly whenever Republicans basically, get in on it. Yeah, they get yeah. in on the idea of forcing people. It's like this one uh, a Christian years ago, not long after 9-11. He was suggesting that maybe we got to go along those lines because then they'll fear us. I mean, maybe we got to go along in something like use a, be a little more aggressive. You know what I mean by that? Right, right. And it was only one you know, isolated individual, but still, that guy should have been condemned. I don't know if he was. If you have a good message, it is going to eventually Personally, win. It will. As long as we have free speech. As long as we as have long free we speech. Have that. And that is the biggest thing is to preserve free speech in this country. And you don't do it by having legislation compelling the watching of a certain movie in government schools. We need to get rid of the government schools entirely. Then you can have whatever private school you want. And you show whatever film you want. The owners of the private school can show the movie and say, okay, or you know, we're going to show it. Criticize it after, exactly. talk about it. Whatever you want it's, in your own private school. But I the agree with the movie, but the movie stunk. You know, I mean, it's just... it's. No one should be using the government schools to get their own personal message have, across. We need to be abolishing the government schools. That's what a Republican yes. that I would stand behind would do. Which none, what, none say that. Yeah. Not one. Not even Ted Cruz. No, not even Ted Cruz. But Dinesh D'Souza, I had a problem with him a number of years ago. He wrote a book uh, called... Uh, I forgot what, it was, what it makes America great. I forgot the title. But anyway, he suggested at the end about 9-11 that they had somewhat of a point, you know, because of our depravity, you know, somewhat of a point. And that's, to me, that's beyond the pale. It's like I dismiss him. And then he had another book where he was really, like, uh, very sympathetic with, with Islam, even though now I think he's come around to some extent. But it's just he's to be – he's not to be – if you can be good or bad, you're bad. So that's true. I think that's where he is. I don't know. Like I said, you know, when when I saw the first ads for the movie and I just saw his face plastered yeah. everywhere, I thought, <laughs> it's like, what, what's what, that? What, what is I was supposed to run about? to the theater. What is it about? Because is of Dennis uh, D'Souza's face. A couple more ugly things before we go. One is a video that you get to go watch at Breitbart.com. A Jordanian TV host burned the Israeli flag live on air. Between that and the well, he's a moderate and, Muslim. You know, there, there was I mean, yeah, yeah, but he didn't burn a Jew. He burned a Israeli flag going. So he's a moderate Muslim. But go, go of on. course, of course. Now, what do they call the head of Turkey right now? President, prime minister, or what? Um, Turkey. <laughs> yeah, he, he's a Turk. <laughs> the head of the Erdogan, whatever his name is. Right. He's the guy who said there is no moderate Islam. There is only Islam, and he's right about that. Right. He's an imbecile, but, but then right he also that. said that uh, somehow the Israelis have basically done as much damage as was done to Jews in the Holocaust or okay. some garbage If that's true, like they that. would have nuked every Muslim country around them. And they have the power to. And they don't. I mean, you know, he's saying it with knowing that that's not true. It's, again, to smear the Jews. It's like this. They deny the Holocaust but want to have a Holocaust. Right. You know, it's, it's both ways. They no, want and to. I think that was a very good point that Mara made, which is that the Israelis have the power to kill so many more people than they do. They have the power to annihilate so their enemies. That right completely. now, that right now tells us 
who they are yep. versus Hamas, who we know that if they had the power, they would wipe out the entire state of Israel. Yep. Yeah. And then there's this last ugly thing. This is this is so slimy so it's, and wait, disgusting. So it's was the good, the bad, and the ugly, 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 ugly. ugly. Well, but I mean, I, I try to balance know, it, so I, I think know, I have I five and five and six. Well, that's the thing. I mean, we live in an ugly age. There are some We really do. So that's why when we see beauty, it's like a shocker. So, I don't know, people, you can disagree with me that that, that last thing was ugly, but I think wait, it was wait, ugly. Wait, wait, the thing with the, with the forcing America on us? Forcing America on us. I the movie America, yeah. that is. Even, you know what I mean? It's pathetic. It is ugly. It's disgusting. I mean, when I first heard it, I said, what? The, some some Republican think this is a good move? Uh, I mean, it's, and, and it's, it's, freedom. It, it's so self-contradictory that they don't see it. Yes. It's ugly. <laughs> Shoving America, the land of the free, right? Down your throat. You must have freedom. <laughs> you know what I mean? I will force you to have freedom. Well, I mean, I guess they, you know, you know what it is? It's, it's also a concession is that. Well, government schools are here to stay, yes. so, you yes. know, we're just going to... Let's make use of them. Yeah. Let's use them as a bludgeon, you know. And that's what's ugly, too. It's, it's yeah. the resignation of yes. the idea that it's the only way to get ideas across is within the government schools. Gross. Last ugly thing before we go here. White House. Republicans may push to impeach Obama if they get the chance. Now, you're asking, why is this ugly? Now, if you read the story, what it is, essentially, is that... People from the White House, the administration, are kind of putting out there, hey, you know, if the Republicans get the majority yeah. <laughs> in both houses, they, they might try to right. impeach Obama, right? It's like the and, last, no, like like last gasp of their, it's of their like, don't, it, don't it, annihilate it's, November. It's, it's like, please don't let them impeach Obama. So it's pathetic. But it's also ugly in the sense that they're trying to say, well, look, they're going to do this outrageous thing yeah, yeah. that nobody would ever think of. They Never. might try to impeach Obama. That's How could anybody want to impeach a liar, somebody who administers the IRS in a way that goes Someone after their political enemies? Somebody the criminal who, chief. Somebody who flouts the rule of law all the time with his pen who and blows his phone our money and vacation brags and about flouting the... I mean, who wants to impeach who such a guy? Who supports our enemies? You know, who supports our who, enemies? Who doesn't protect our own diplomats yep. and their personnel? And has overseas. no conscience about it. Never mentions them again. I mean, what goes to a fundraiser party the next day. Yep. Isn't even up all night when fundraiser their guys chief. get killed. No. Impeachment is the remedy. That's the answer to Obama. That's the only answer. So to that's me, why they're saying this. Like, to me, this is really ugly because it's. But it's, I love it in this sense. They have to talk about it. Right? They have to mention it. They're like, uh-oh, uh oh, uh, let's fight the reality of the possibility now because now it's it's being spoken. Republicans have been talking about it. Republicans have been saying, no, we can't do it. Well, yes, we must do it. The America's talking about it. It's a word now because they kept they kept using it, the I word. They kept calling it. Now they're actually saying the word, and that tells me they're they're scared. Freedom Breeze in the chat room says, impeach a yeah, black president? Yeah, yeah, that's no, oh that's what Obama's God. counting on. That Boehner and his whole gang, who we can't go down in history as that. You know, it's like, uh, who, who gives a rat's ass why he came into office? You've got to kick him out because of his criminality. That's why you have to kick him out. So I think what they're doing here is they're doing a classic, what Ayn Rand called, argument from intimidation. Oh, well, nobody would dare impeach. So they're putting, you know, they're just kind of putting it out there in the universe. That, oh, they might actually impeach Obama. That would just be unthinkable. <laughs> Nielsen in the chat says, impeach Obama? Racist. Racist. <laughs> 
That's, you know, that's it. And Stuart says, and if Obama and Biden are both impeached, Boehner will be president. Yeah, you'd think Boehner would be all over that. But I think the NSA's president got Boehner. something on Boehner. I think the NSA's I think he's a coward or they, or they got something. I don't know which one. I don't know. He's a gutless fool. They got, Who, he thinks his job was to accommodate Obama, to help Obama. He, that's what he thought his job was. His job was to cut funding off yes. from all of these things. His, his that job are was to protect the government yeah. and the people and America from a runaway president. That's the, the, you know to make sure that things are in order, and he's not done it. And he thinks he'll still be speaker. And you know what? He might be because the Republicans are. Yeah, I was going to say something, but they are they are what they are. <laughs> this Josh Ernest guy, he's already got pictures taken of himself, like just really yeah. trying to figure out how Josh, what, what non, lie he's going to tell next. I'm wondering, you know, we're going to have to watch. Like, we'll look, well, look, Carney's lied out. This much, guy is still uh, a fresh liar, though. He's still a fresh. He, he, yeah. He's got a year or but two see, of, of lies. There's, there's a little bit of gray there, like, <laughs> on his temples, and we'll see in a few weeks how much uh, more gray he's got because I bet it's going to get pretty. Wait, his name is Josh Ernest? Josh So he's Ernest. joshing that he's Ernest? He's like, you know what I mean? I'm joshing that I'm Ernest. Keep that in mind. <laughs> I'm joshing. I'm Ernest. I'm joshing. <laughs> I'm both joshing and I'm Ernest. Josh. I'm Ernest. I'm Ernest. joshing. Yes. People I have Josh. done this already, boss. Who? I'm sure somebody must have done this. Where? Have you heard it before? It's obvious. Have you heard it before? No, I haven't. Okay, I have But I don't either. listen to enough I have radio. it either. I think Levin calls him Josh uh, non-earnest or anti-earnest. No, so, no, no, one, no one said that. So here, here's the question. Joshing earnest. Joshing earnest. Late show. Good, bad, bad, good, what? Late show? Doing shows at 8 o'clock at night. I don't care when we do the show. I mean, I, I, I enjoy it. It depends on the listeners. If they, if, if they enjoy it, I mean, we got a nice... Uh, Nice chat room presence. I really appreciate it, guys. Yeah, I really Short appreciate notice. you guys it's tuning very, very in. Now. I don't know if you Thank guys you. are ready to do this on a regular basis. If people want to join us in the evening on a regular basis, we are actually considering switching the time and, and doing this for a variety of, of reasons, one of which is the big project that yes. we can't talk about. Well, we can say something. A little, a little something? It's closer yes. than it was before. <laughs> we just we just caught wind. We just got some news that it is closer, and it's just that but close. But we still can't talk about. <laughs> it. That's funny. We can't speak about it with any passion because you know the project. Then then I'll spill. You know what? I'm gonna announce it. That's it. It is. Set to be announced. Joel says night isn't bad, but Fridays are tough. One option that I had been thinking about, Joel, is Thursday evening. That's what I had been thinking about. Okay. And then we'll everybody could have their weekend nights to go out and actually have a life. Well, we'll see. I mean, I don't have a life, but <laughs> somebody should have a life. We'll see. I mean, I don't, I don't see. I'm up to anything. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll play, we'll play it by ear. We'll, we'll I've got we'll a tentative interview scheduled with Jerome Brooke on the 8th of August. And okay, excellent. Right, as, right. And that's only two weeks from today. And as of now, he's planning on still doing it the usual time, although I think he might be open to doing it at different times, too. So we'll... we'll I, will, I will keep it a secret, Joel. Don't worry. It's... Uh, <laughs> we'll definitely keep it a secret until I... Yeah, I, I, Stuart says the NSA will know. The NSA already knows. No yeah, doubt the they N- know. No doubt the NSA knows. No, no but, doubt they but know. But then if the NSA tells anybody, then... We know that they know that we know that and then, they know. Then we have to um, abolish NSA. Yeah. Just, and, just for that. Then everyone will know. Just for that. Al says, no, not Thursdays. I like Fridays. You know what I'm going to have to do? We'll, we'll fill it up. We'll see. I'm going to have to put a poll up of some kind. Yeah. 
And Again, thanks for everyone coming. That's very, yeah, very cool. We, I appreciate it. We really appreciate it. And Al, thanks Short for... Short notice, late night, excellent. Thank you. Thanks Especially for the East, East Coasters. Wow. Before. East Coasters are really suffering. Yeah. Um, or maybe not. Maybe you got some night owls out there. People in Europe might be just getting up Absolutely. early in the morning. Right. So. I don't know. We'll figure it out, people. But thank you very Hitman's much. next chapter will come soon. I'm just I'm basically just at the tail end of the uh, script, uh, Nielsen. Yeah, but you've still got all the drawing to do then. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. again, it's this, this is the toughest part. This is the biggest lift right here, the actual writing, getting the script rock solid. And there's still some things I, I got I, I to gotta work out. But um, I'm working on it, so okay. this weekend was tough. I mean, with, with the Comic-Con. I yeah. actually have a draft of two chapters of my book done, and I started on Chapter 3, I do have a couple things that I want to add into chapter two, though, so I don't know if I feel completely... Right. I thought that there was at least two things in this thing that I could push to chapter four myself. Yeah, yeah, so niggly, niggly. But still making progress. Oh, yeah. Steady progress. No, it's every time I, I work on it, it's, it's getting better and better, so... I still highly recommend both the uh, OmniFocus and the Scrivener that I was talking about last week. I'm working in Scrivener every day and, and again, loving if, it. If you haven't gotten the, the Infidel, check it out on the Comixology, the Infidel number one and two featuring cool. Pigman. Check it out. Cool. And most importantly, if you want to continue a discussion with us, go over to my blog at DontLetItGo.com. Leave comments on today's show. Maybe I'll put a poll up at my blog soon. So if you're not a subscriber to my blog, go to DontLetItGo.com, become a subscriber to the blog. Then you'll see when I post a poll about the showtime. And Joel says, your writing is never finished. It's only abandoned. Yeah, writing is rewriting. It absolutely is. Nielsen says, so there's only three chapters in my book. No, no. There's eight chapters, at least, I think. So, um, no, it, that's just three. Now, most, most, most of the chapters have already been written in some form. And I have maybe one or two entirely new chapters left to write yet, and that's it. Yeah. Um, but the other ones I'm updating, and there's a couple little things I wanted to do to one, like I said. So it's 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 a work in progress. But I, my whole goal is I will have a draft, a relatively good finished draft by October, and then it'll be editing. Of course, that if you're going to do a good job, it's going to take some time as well. But one thing also, I, I got the entire story laid out. You know, it's outlined, but it's disappointed by getting the details of the dialogue. And it's, in this particular scene, actually, it's a courtroom scene. And i got to get it right. I mean, I, I, I've i never really written the courtroom scene before with lawyers and judges and, you know. Is that a hint, 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 hint? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> but Bosch overwrites. I do. Uh, he okay. writes way too long I don't long call myself a writer. I'm not a writer. Yeah. I call myself an illustrator. Right. I visualize my stories. That's, that's, how, I, I, that's how I tell them. Uh, I'm not a writer, per se. There's some things happy written in, in essay form for my essays, but overall, I just visualize my stories. So the writing is part of that. It's like uh, the drawings tell half the story, and the writing tells the other half. I mean, that's just the way it is. Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't use software. I, I've been told, yes, I've been told the final draft is uh, excellent. And You know, uh, Scrivener also has a mode for screenplay. Okay. And I don't know if it's as good as Final Draft or not, but I do know that they actually Robert have McKee recommends uh, the Final, final Draft, draft yes. of course, right. But I bet he also gets a cut of all the stuff that well, he sells probably, for Final Draft. No so. But it's supposed to be really good. It formats it, um, I think, automatically in some way. It's, it sounds really, really good. And they, the, the, the screenplays of comic strips it could be pretty similar. You, I mean, really, a lot of them do look similar, actually. It's a visual medium. 
and you mm-hmm. have to visualize. You put, you know, the storyboards in a sense. Anyway, thanks everyone. Yeah, thank you. We are going to go now. Um, typically, if we do this in the evening, we're probably going to do about an hour and a half. We've gone over today, but I don't have any particular length constraint on my mind. I don't have any timing. I want to go back to the way we had it before ads. <laughs> the ads. <laughs> the ads. So um, definitely listener subscribe, the listener supported show. If yeah. you go to the blog at don'tletitgo.com and you do want to support my podcast, there's different ways you can do it. Shopping at Amazon, donating directly to the show, shopping through iBooks and iTunes and stuff like that. Uh, you can also, I put a fairly prominent link over there to my very cheap download course. It's called Toward a Society of Privacy. It's the course that I gave at Ocon 2012. And I know that Carrie, a show listener, just finished listening to it, and he said he got a good education from it. And I think they're selling it cheap, two ninety nine or something. So. <laughs> People are saying, oh, about the third-party doctrine? Um, Jim says that he is astounded that the third-party doctrine still exists, etc. Yeah, I keep uh, you know, wondering how that is possible. Yeah, every private contract is not private. That's it. If data is shared, then it can be then turned over to the government without a warrant. The only thing that protects the data that you share with a third party right now is a statute and a statute can be unwritten by Obama tomorrow as we've learned so anyway oh Freedom Breeze likes my course too yeah thank you very much Um, that is a good preview of my book although the book that I'm writing you can tell from the title Legalizing Privacy Why and How it has quite a different slant to it it's also a little more comprehensive than um, naturally well, yeah, it's going to be more comprehensive, but it's from the post-Snowden slant that I've acquired right. that privacy, you know, post-third-party doctrine is essentially illegal. Privacy right now is essentially illegal. And I talk in the book about, you know, why it's illegal, why that's a problem, what we need to do about it, and that's the story. Anyway, but you you can get a pretty decent preview of my thoughts on privacy law through that course. And I think I may have even mentioned the third-party doctrine and my solution to it in that course because I had this thought in 2012. So it was before Snowden, but really it's after Snowden that the problem became a lot more urgent. And it's also for a variety of reasons that in 2013 that I had the time to start writing it up for the first time. So anyway, sorry to bore you guys. We're out of here, and I hope you have a good rest of your night, good weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. Just you know, keep keep in ta- you know keep tabs with us. Go to the blog at don'tletitgo.com and follow. That's the easiest way. But you can also find out our show times by following here on Blog Talk Radio. You'll get some sort of a notification when the show is going to happen soon. And go to Facebook, Twitter. You can find us all the usual places. Okay, take care, everyone. Take care. Have a good weekend.